This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, this past week, there was a lot of debate generated when word came out that Service Canada employees who interact with the public are being told they must use gender-neutral language or gender-inclusive language. That means not saying things such as Mr., Mrs., Father, or Mother. And uh, papers have been handed out uh, uh, to the workers at Service Canada. And in the documents, it actually says that workers will be monitored to see if they are using gender-neutral language. Well, this past week, I spoke with Helen Kennedy, who is the executive director of EGAIL Canada Human Rights Trust, and asked her uh, her response to this uh, story. I'm very pleased with it. I think this is a step in the right direction. I think um, any time that our government can be more inclusive is a good thing. And I welcome this change, and I um, I encourage the employees and the government to initiate some kind of awareness training and further education around uh, non-binary language. How does it work, though, if somebody is at a service counter, and because it, it won't come naturally at first, if you're used to using things such as Mrs., Mr., Father, Mother, which which aren't meant to be disrespectful, how, how does it work? How, what language do we then use instead? Well, we don't need to uh, put these labels on people. You can ask people how they would like to be referred to. We can ask people to self-identify. By using gender-neutral language, it's not you're not taking away anything from anyone or being disrespectful. What you're actually doing is offering people an option for you to speak with them in the way that they identify and be more respectful to them as individuals um, respecting their identities. And what if somebody then responds to that saying, I I want to be referred to as Mr. or Mrs.? I don't think anybody is saying that you can't be. If that's somebody's um, preference to have that salutation, then, you know, I mean, I I think that's that's always an option. But what we're being asked or what Service Canada employees is being asked are being asked to do is to not lead with that language. That's very binary um, gender affirming language, whereas what we're saying is don't assume anything by a person's presentation. If you're in doubt, ask. Ask someone what pronoun would they like to be uh, used when speaking with them. How do you identify? Sometimes uh, non-binary people, they don't, uh, they don't identify as male or female, and I think it's a really positive step for our government to acknowledge the existence of non-binary people in our society. Do we know what percentage of the population is non-binary? No, hopefully in the next census we'll have these types of questions where we'll be able to uh, identify some of these statistics. But obviously there's a lot of research that still needs to be done in this area. And once it's done, then we can start looking at policies that are more appropriate uh, in addressing the needs of non-binary, intersex and um, transgender people. If you had to guess, would you say 10%? Would you say less than 10%? I would say, you know, the, the sort of the, the standard is that 10%, between 10 and 13% of our society is identifies within the LGBTQI2S uh, spectrum. Um, but there are a lot more people now who, especially uh, amongst younger generations, who are non-binary. And they, they're not in male or female, and they prefer to be 
referred to with using gender-neutral pronouns. But if we're talking about then, if as things stands right, stand right now, if we're talking about 87 to 90% of the population that that has no problem being called father, mother, mister, missus, ms, or, or what, but are we suggesting then that employees should ask every single person what they what they would like to be called? You know, I, I would say to the 80 percent, uh, 80 to 90 percent of the people who may be like, may, may, may continue uh, to request that they be referred to as Mr. or Mrs., what is wrong with allowing people who don't fit into the 80 percent to be addressed in a way that is respectful to their identities? We're not taking anything away from anybody else. Nobody is saying that you can't use Mr. or Mrs. What the government is trying to do, in my view, looking at um, what I have seen, is to be more inclusive and respectful of the diversity within our society. I don't think that people should be afraid of making other people feel more comfortable uh, in their identities. Right, which I think many people would agree with. I'm I'm envisioning a scenario then, though, if if Service Canada employees are told not to use gender specific terms, but then are asking people what they want to be called, they're going to be met with with strange reactions from some people who don't quite get it. But then, is there not a scenario where they might then be singling out somebody who they think, oh, perhaps this person, based on the way this person looks doesn't want to be called a gender-specific term. So now I have to ask if, if this person wants to be a gender-neutral term and might offend somebody in that sense. Well, I think the, the, the big um, issue here is this rollout should be done in, uh, at this, in tandem with education and training to all service employees, Service Canada employees, but also we should be looking at uh, our education system across the country, both provincially and nationally, and looking at the language that we're teaching our children, um, we should be taking a more proactive approach approach around these issues. I think it's uh, equally as dangerous to be outing trans people and non-binary people by misgendering them. And people don't feel comfortable when they are trans or non-binary or intersex to go and get their service documents when they know that they're going to be misgendered and uh, potentially outed in a public space. And, and is it so? So does it come down to education? Do you think? Because my guess is now, but now that there are going to be some employees, because in these documents, I believe it also says that that employees are going to be monitored, or it says that government agency employees will be observed to ensure they're following the protocols. So I, I'm thinking that might put put fear into some people. In that, out of habit, they might call somebody using a word that again is not meant to be offensive or disrespectful, but is just uh, comes as second nature. Absolutely. I, I, that's why I think that the education piece is very important. I don't think that you can expect people to change overnight and to get it right. Uh, you know, a lot of folks doing this work have been doing it for a very, very long time, and, and we still make mistakes. So you're asking your frontline workers to, you know, instantly make this change. It's a gradual change. It's an awareness issue. It's a cultural sensitivity issue. And I think that it needs to be done in tandem with proper training and education. So you, you know what? People will make mistakes. Um, and that's okay. But you need to own it and move on and correct it. So I think that the, uh, the importance of training can't be underestimated here. And we need to give the Service Canada employees an opportunity and time um, to, to make this change.
And how do you suggest with with the idea of parent? And this came up as well, I think, from one of the employees saying if, if you can't use mother and father, then and if the the alternative is perhaps parent one and parent two, that in itself could also create a situation in that. How do you pick which one is parent one or two? And do you show a bias there? Why do you need to number the parents at all? Well, to differentiate on a form, if there are two parents and there are two separate people, don't they need to be two? Don't well, you need you to know which the, one you're talking about? Why don't you just put their name down? Why can't you just parent Helen Kennedy, parent whatever? I don't understand why you have to put parent one and parent two. There are lots of different types of families in Canada. There are single parent families. There are same sex uh, parents. There are children who have um, who have donors. They don't have fathers. So I think that this move is reflective of our society today. And, I, you know, these are changes and cultural shifts that people need to start working towards. And in order to do that more effectively, we need to have the conversations and to educate people around these changes. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.